You're listening to Show Me Your Mic, a show that interviews other podcasters about their workflows, gear, and thoughts on podcasting. Your host is Chris Enns, and for episode four, he's joined by Darren Moser of the Dr. Sci-Fi Show. All right. Hello. Thanks for listening to Show Me Your Mic. As you heard in the intro, my guest this week is Darren Moser. From oh, I didn't even double check. Am I pronouncing that right? That's yes, first that's rule correct. of podcasting. Is <laughs> uh, pronouncing your guest's name right from the Doctor Sci Fi Show. Uh, welcome, Darren. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Yeah, so it's good to have you here. I had, uh, I had, the reason I'm not familiar with your show, which is another uh, thing I think I've mentioned in episode three. It, it uh, is fairly new. Yeah. And I had seen you, you had replied, I think, to Mike Hurley of 70 Decibels about your setup. And so I just clicked your link, saw your setup, and I thought, wow, that's an interesting kind of setup and config, and we'll get into all the details of that. And then I had invited you to come on and hadn't even realized that you just basically started the show. Not that, like I said, like I said before, this isn't about just experience high audience number of people or whatever. It doesn't really matter. I'm curious about all levels of, uh, what's the word, podcast production (laughs) well that was definitely uh, one of the reasons i wrote that kind of article about my setup is when i was just scouring the internet to find other people's setups i came across a couple of articles and they really helped me out so i thought the least i could do was offer that up for other people who might be interested in starting their own podcast yeah well it's tremendously helpful and there's because there's so many and what's i think interesting about your setup and We'll keep teasing people and we'll talk about it eventually here, but <laughs> but that it is different from, at least in my experience, some of the other setups that I've come across. And it's that gets back to, I know I talked about this in episode one with Dave Rupert, is uh, just the, the sort of silos that develop in the internet of you sort of gravitate towards the people that do similar things to you and you don't, once, I think you even reference it too, like with Trello and once you find something that works, you kind of just grab onto that and you just ignore everything else from then on out. So, um, but before we get into that, that works, go with it. What's that? Sorry. If you find something that works, you just go with exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, before we get into that though, I just wanted to give you a chance just to talk a bit about the show itself. Um, it's, uh, I, I would presume people would be able to gather that it's a bit of a science fiction show, but what's the, your sort of elevator pitch as it were for the show? Uh, my tagline is it's a, uh, weekly podcast. Uh, let's see. Actually, oh, I'd have to reread it for myself. <laughs> I should have this on. I should have this memorized. I, I do. I'm just crunching. Uh, it's a weekly podcast covering first-time sci-fi experiences, genre rants, and space exploration. And so that distills down to uh, basically three things I wanted to communicate. One was first-time sci-fi experiences. I, I like talking to people, um, especially uh, my wife, Marine, and just using it as a, a teaching moment. Um, I do watch a lot of science fiction and uh, absorb <clears throat> a lot from the genre. And so one of the things I do enjoy is just sharing that with other people, uh, just sharing that even if they aren't really into science fiction, but just being an entry point. Uh, I also like talking just generally about the genre uh, from Star Wars to Star Trek, but I also have a spot in my heart definitely for space exploration. Uh, I see it as almost science fiction that just became science fact. And it's just such an amazing time from the 60s onwards that we're living in where uh, these wonderful achievements that mankind has had in the area of space exploration. So it it kind of evolved from a blog that I did for a little bit over a year and just kind of one of of the podcasts I listened to is the uh, Right for Your Life uh, podcast. Um, And it one of the things he had mentioned recently, which I, I kind of agree with, is uh, sometimes blogging and podcasting can be so different. Uh, and the, from the time commitment it takes to just the way you organize your thoughts. And I was starting to run into the point where blogging was beginning to just take that extra bit of time that just was, I was almost kind of forcing myself to do to put out new articles. And I thought, well, it, rather than fight that resistance, change that energy that's still there into something 
uh, that I can retailer and and use to to reach other people uh, through podcasting. So I'm kind of in the process of shifting my focus on my site more towards the podcast with a couple of articles during the week. Uh, but I think they're just two sides of of another coin, and they're just there's so many ways with the internet to reach people uh, from podcasting to blogs to uh, YouTube shows. And there's just all flavors of the of the same great thing. Yeah, and that's um, that's as exciting. I mean, that's the fun of doing stuff like this, and and like you said, even dipping your toes a bit in the blogging side to the podcasting side. And I was just really when you said uh, write for your life, I was looking through your list of, of podcasts that you'd sent, and that's another one that's on the seventy decibel network. Which man, that Mike, I know Mike's not necessarily involved in all the shows that he does, but man, he's got a lot of. Good he does. Shows I am a, I'm a fairly large fan of the network. I, I, I do enjoy many of their shows and am able to listen to most of them as many people who overload their podcatcher know. <laughs> Sometimes you, you have to uh, cull it every once in a while to, to get, through, uh, get through the week. Um, but I, many of their shows I enjoy, even though I'm not, uh, I'm not a tech writer, I, I don't produce applications or or, uh, or write about, you know, getting things done. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I feel, I am a, I enjoy being a part of that audience though, and listening to those things. And, uh, I think they speak to me as they speak to many people in their daily lives. And what's great is they're not preaching just to people within their industry. Uh, but they're able to, to speak to a wide audience, which I think is one of the reasons it's so popular. So I'm, I'm definitely hooked on the 70 decibels network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, if if anybody's listening and just jumping in at this episode, which is episode four of of Show Me Your Mic, episode three, one back is actually with uh, Mike Hurley. No, sorry, episode two. two, two episodes back. Yeah, episode two is with Mike Hurley talking all about his stuff, and uh, I know he's got some exciting stuff coming up here again in the near future. So um, I'll probably have him on again sometime to chat, but. Um, so, getting back to your podcast, yeah. um, I'm just going to play a little clip here just from your uh, most recent episode. Is the one with Dave Kaler? With uh, Dave Kaler, yeah. yes. Yeah, just so we, you'll hear Right it. before that, they're playing nice music, and Lando saying nice things, and then Vader stands up, and Chewie lets out this horrible guttural roar like a lion. I love it. It's so aggressive. Han whips out his blaster and you know gets off a few shots before Vader uses the force to pull it right to himself. And then the stormtroopers come in on the flanks and the group walks into the room. That's my favorite moment in Empire. I love it. I love it every time I see it. Look, Dave, I can see you're really upset about this. I honestly think you ought to sit down calmly, take a stress pill, and think things uh, over. I, I know, Carbon. I get a little excited. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a little uh, taste. I, I sort of picked a random spot. I was hoping I picked one with... Uh, no, that's a great spot. Carbon... Um, just for people who don't know, I guess, what's what's the deal with carbon that Dave is talking to, obviously, there, and what's going on? So uh, during the formation of my show, it kind of went through a lot of small changes at the very last minute before I started recording. And uh, what I've decided to do is a lot of times when I'm not interviewing someone, I'm discussing science fiction with my wife, Maureen and getting her input. And she's, you know, a lover of sci-fi, but it's definitely not her first genre of choice, but she is a great uh, kind of blank slate in a lot of ways. Well, that's she's giving me a little bit of a, a look. Uh, blank slate is not a great way to describe. Except for except for Star Wars. Star Wars is her is her pride and joy. So she is a is a huge Star Wars fan. Um, so, but I decided to to build the show around us discussing science fiction, um, but then for interviews. Uh, to keep it kind of a two-person uh, perspective, I created a character uh, called Carbon, who is an AI, uh, which is, uh, I detail in my setup process, all the steps that go into bringing a voice to Carbon. Um, but I, I liked kind of the uh, pseudo character idea of this uh, artificial intelligence that, you know, is a blank slate. They need uh, really a blank slate and they're just being programmed and um, I mean, yes, it's it's kind of a uh, a bit of a gag, but also uh, I think a fun way of broaching questions to it, you know people I'm interviewing and just kind of a, a kind of a fun way. I, I based him a lot off of or her off of uh, 
the Disembodio character off of Rift Tracks, if you've ever listened to a Rift Track, um, where it's basically kind of a, uh, let's see, sidebar into Rift Tracks. Rift Tracks are, have you seen uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000? Yes, yeah. So what those three very talented people uh, did after that show, um, they did a couple other things, but then they landed on this company they made called Rift Tracks. And what it is is they record... Uh, uh, they record new commentary tracks for existing movies. So besides the B sci-fi movies of the day, uh, you can get riff tracks for the Twilight series. You can get riff tracks for Star Wars or Superman or Spider-Man, uh, Tron, Jurassic Park. And they basically record an audio file that you can sync up with your own DVD. So you just purchase a three, $4 audio file and you adjust the volumes and listen to them. So they have a, a, a friend of theirs who does a roboticized voice and his name's Disembodio. And basically he'll speak a line of dialogue at the same time as someone in the movie every once in a while to let you know you're still in sync. Uh, so, oh, gotcha. in, so basically in that regard, Carbon was uh, just a, a co-host, but a co-host that, doesn't do a ton of the talking, mostly asking questions. And um, I know Dave Kayla is a, is a large 2001 a Space Odyssey fan. So that that line I had Carbon recite to him, I'm like, well, his name's Dave. I, I got to go for it. It's too, <laughs> yeah. too precious of, a, of an encounter. So <laughs> that's, that's sort of the long version of, of where Carbon came from. Yeah. So let's maybe jump into a bit of your setup and we'll sort of go around a bit. Um, so on your site, on drsci-fi.com slash the dash setup, and the links that will be in the show notes here for folks at sskTn.com and look for show me your mic and this will be episode four but uh one of the things you did detail is how you manage or produce i guess the show with in regards to carbon the ai co-host and i wasn't sure from reading it and like i i listened to a, a bit of a few of the episodes and stuff is it a something where you're able to um well for folks who are just listening i guess you use simple note into VoiceOver, into GarageBand, into Final Cut Pro, Dropbox, DJ Soundbox Pro, some sort of combination of those. Correct. Is it something that you're doing live with the show, or is it pre-done and you just sort of are queuing it up? With- it's all pre-done um, because uh, even the, I, I use Siri, which is the, the voice. Um, Siri has a VoiceOver feature within an iPhone or an iPad, um, which is great, but unfortunately I, I didn't want to do a lot of typing it just it would break up the pace of the show because it, as I would think of something clever to say, by the time I would type it and get her to say it back correctly, it just wouldn't come across. So uh, that's, again, why I use Carbon to ask questions because questions can be pre-formatted. Uh, for the few questions that I come up on the fly, I can just ask them. Uh, so t- what I do is I script out what I want uh, her to say uh, her individual lines, but I also have a series of responses like yes, no, I don't know, so that if uh, the guest does ask a question, I can at least have her respond in that regard. But you can't ask her a direct question because I don't have specific answers. So typing it on a simple note lets me type it quickly on my computer, and that syncs with the um, the iPad app. And so uh, that's, again, so I just don't have to type it on my iPad. Then using the voice over tool, which basically lets uh, Siri read a paragraph from your iPad. So she's reading the paragraph of lines. That is going line in into GarageBand with a couple of filters uh, just to make it sound a little different. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to hide that it's Siri, uh, (laughs) but... I like the fact that this is a character and a voice that I have as opposed to an Apple thing. Um, Right. Plus, I don't want them to sue. Not that they would. (laughs) Uh, So once it's in GarageBand, I have a single audio clip that has about two dozen phrases. And I I could chop it up in GarageBand, but I just uh, I've been an editor for many, many years. So Final Cut Pro is just so much quicker for me. So I dump it out as an MP3 into Final Cut, chop it up into the individual segments, and then drop those in a Dropbox folder. Uh, because So then the last, the last application I use in this process is called Soundbox, and it's, uh, or DJ Soundbox Pro. And it's a great, uh, basically like a soundboard app. And so you could ha- it comes preloaded with some special effects like machine gun fire or jet flying by but you can preload it and so i have 
uh, different screens with all of her phrases. And that just works well. So when I'm interviewing someone live, uh, if I want her to say no, I can just boom, hit the button and she says no. Or I can hit the button and she can ask the question or say the tagline. Uh, she also opens every episode uh, with, uh, so I pre-record that where she says the episode number or loading file number uh, 001002. So it's definitely not a, a live process, but the goal is to make it at least have the appearance uh, Wizard of Oz pulling the curtain back here, the appearance <laughs> of uh, of being live. Right. So yeah, we should have, maybe I should have, uh, I should go back and say a spoiler alert so that you know, similar to Santa Claus, we don't want anybody who doesn't think, who thinks that Carbon is actually your co-host to not have the uh, the effect ruined, right? That's the... Well, this is a podcast <laughs> about podcasting, yeah. so you're, you're pretty much wanting the curtain drawn back yeah. a little bit if you're listening to this. Open the kimono, as uh, Merlin Mann says. And if it was really a secret, I wouldn't have posted it on, the, on my website. <laughs> yeah, and that's interesting because I was, in reading it, I was I didn't connect all the dots there, but that makes a lot more sense that you're using uh, DJ Soundbox Pro ultimately as you're recording the show as sort of the live, similar to how radio DJs and, and everybody else sort of does that uh, with all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a neat, neat process. Um, um, and it definitely adds something different just to uh, your typical podcast, and especially giving in keeping with the theme. Obviously. Yes. No, it does add a, a little bit of a flavor, but I, I also, it, it just takes so much time and so many steps that that's one of the reasons I decided to just regale it to uh, the interview episodes only because then that's a, probably going to make up about half of the episodes as far as they're coming out uh, as of now. So just less prep time that I have to spend uh, as it does take a couple of a couple of hours to just get it all put together and uh, and think out. You're basically scripting a, a character as you would for a story. Uh, but it's fun, and I and like you said, I think it adds a little something fun. Dave was a great uh, first subject, and he was perfect. He responded to Carbon as if she was asking him questions, and uh, wasn't like, "What is this? What's going on?" <laughs> he was a very good sport. So yeah, uh, and that's that's the the key, obviously, and something uh, another reoccurring theme of of a lot of these these interviews is picking a good interview e that plays along so to speak in your case or you know other for other folks obviously just uh, is able to communicate back and forth with you and so because it could fall apart very quickly if somebody's just kind of weirded out by but presumably they wouldn't come on a sci-fi podcast if they were, <laughs> weren't at no, least a little well, intrigued <laughs> so well, and that's one of the ways i've looked for for people to interview uh as you can kind of see in in my setup page at the top i have a screenshot from my trello program and uh, I can I can talk about Trello if you want. Uh, it's a, a project management tool that operates off of like cards is what they call it. And so you have several columns, so vertical columns that you can name whatever you want. And it's built around. Uh, basically, it works just the same way that my mind works. And I've been looking for something like this, <laughs> and so I was so happy when I found it because it's just it's great. And they actually just updated their iPad, their uh, their iPhone app to also be iPad uh, compatible. So oh, nice, yep. even better. So basically, you create these columns, and it's perfect for tasks where you, let's say, you're at work and you know. Uh, oh, every Monday I need to export this file and then upload it here and then give it a name and then save it here. Those are four steps. And so you could make a column for every step and you could make a card that goes in those columns and then just drag it across as it's being completed. But then at the beginning of the next week, you just move everything back and start again. And I see many people who do something similar with a, either a whiteboard or something they can dry erase and just the same checklist you have every single week, you know, rather than redoing it, just uh, so it op that's the way at least I use it in operating. So I have a column for all my topic ideas and a, just a long pool of uh, people to talk to or topics to discuss. Then I have a scripting um pool and it's a little smaller that's something that's kind of risen to the top something i want to cover sooner uh, or at least talk to uh, setting up an interview then once that interview is scheduled i move it to the next column over where uh, okay now this is actually happening it has a date uh, it has a time where it's probably going to air and then at the end it goes into my publishing column the last column 
where that means, okay, it's been recorded, it's ready to go, and it's been given an episode number. Uh, one of the kind of differences, uh, at least in my show from some others, is I don't necessarily record them in order that they're going to air. Uh, I know a lot of people record week of, and then a, a day later or two days later, they release uh, on the same time every week. But I'm still in the process a bit of, of building a buffer of about four episodes that I'd like to have just for in case, you know, life strikes or, or something happens so that I can continuously put something out every week, uh, but not stress myself out too much about that. Yeah, that's a, well, two things there, I guess. The Trello stuff I know is, is really neat. I, we've, at SSKTN, I've used it with a couple of shows where um, a guest or co-hosts were more technically inclined, I guess, and... Uh, and that's, but the way that you use it, I think, is really interesting and not something that I thought of because we kind of kept it sort of siloed. Um, you know, each thing just kind of was there and then we'd delete them. But moving things, cards across, I guess, is the, the vernacular that they use on there. But moving the cards across as they sort of proceed through your workflow is kind exactly. of a neat idea. And, and this, the screenshot you have there perfectly shows just how, how that would work if you're not sort of understanding what we're talking about. But, um, because then, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I used Trello. But as you would, like, say, a card for um, which one? Your Doctor Who episode, let's say, for example. Um, right. You can attach comments and things to that card, right? And then, yeah, you can those add would stay pictures, with it as you add comments. Uh, a lot of times, uh, as uh, you're basically, it's like you're building a case file, and so I'll put information of, oh, I I tweeted back to so and so, and they're they're really interested, or oh, this this date might work for them or they responded back on such and such a date. And so it just keeps it all in one place. Um, you can also tag. They have about five or six different colors. You can tag them. And so I have a tag for a show that's going to be just Marine and I talking. I have a tag for a, a guest show. And then I have a tag just for a, a person I want to talk to, a host, but I don't exactly know what we're going to talk about yet. And so I use those to help things kind of pop out at me as I'm scanning and, and looking for something. So, yeah, there's so many things you can put into it. And it's also listed as a project management tool. So it does have collaborative features. You can have other users that can use it. It sounds like you've used it in that regard, yeah. uh, similar to a, a base camp type thing, a little simpler, but uh but allowing other people, if you're in different places, to see the same information. So it's very robust as from, from what I found. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think just the way you're talking about it actually makes me think I should revisit it just even if nothing else for this show because this show is the Show Me Your Mic show. It just follows a little different procedure than some of my other shows that I do and so um, it needs to be a little more planned out and, and things like that and so I might have to revisit it. But um, my day job is a web designer and so I use Basecamp there already and so kind of it's just tough having all these different tools and deciding on one and keeping everything in one shoebox, so to speak, but can handle a little bit of a separation, I think, every so often. So anyways. Before I came, uh, before I came across Trello, I basically had a really large uh, iCloud note document, and basically everything <laughs> was just dumped in there, uh, which is, was a single spot to keep it, but you can't bold things, you can't indent things. It's, it was hard to make things pop out as I wanted, and uh, like I said, when I saw, I found Trello, um, that someone else had, had been using it and I was like, okay, moving everything over and I'm going to use this. But with the iPad app and the iPhone app, it's, it's always accessible. I can jot down and make a new card when I get an idea or talk to someone. Um, even if nothing comes of it, it's just, it's there and then recorded. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to, I guess, a bit of hardware discussion, the, Microphone of choice for you has been using the Blue Snowball microphone. And uh, I don't know how much time I want to spend talking mics. It was when I when I originally started the podcast, I thought, oh, we'll spend half an hour talking about microphones and stuff. But there's the only the, so many that really are prevalent, it seems. Yeah. And there's not, it's, I mean, there's, there's some, the expensive end and there's some the low end. And like I've discussed in some of the previous episodes, it kind of feels like everyone's just going to grow. You're going to find, like, um, Maybe I'm minimizing the discussion too much for, for someone who's new to it. I don't want to discredit this discussion completely, I guess. But um, um, thoughts, I guess, in, in choosing the blue, mic blue Snowball microphone, what, did, what were sort of some of your thoughts? That went into well, that? It, I, it was a microphone I actually put on my Christmas list uh, for this last year. And 
even though I think my favorite microphone, if I had to choose one, would be the the Blue Yeti. It just looks, uh, it's a bit about probably twice the cost of the the Blue Snowball. Um, but you know, when I was making my my list, I thought, well, okay, if no one gets this for me, though, I I could go buy this for myself if I kind of <laughs> pinch pennies for a little bit. Yeah. And so I didn't really want to put a a huge top of the line mic and say this is what I'd like for Christmas, uh, <laughs> but I won't buy it for myself. Uh, so yeah. that kind of led me. It was more of a of a cost issue for the Blue Snowball, um, but. As I kind of detailed in, in my um, in my setup document, you know, if you're if you're starting a podcast, though, while good mics are, I mean, it is one of the key pieces, if not the key piece of equipment you'll own. Um, but don't let not having a, a, a blue or a, a popular name microphone stop you. Just get use your iPhone and talk into the headset. Use anything that's built in. Just get started because if that becomes you know, a roadblock, you know, so many uh, times I know it slowed me down when I was starting to just try to get my ideas together as well. I can't really start until I have at least a nice microphone. And but that's not exactly true. I, it wouldn't have sounded as good, but uh, but it definitely shouldn't be a, a barrier to stop you if if you are interested in doing a podcast. Just just start recording. And in those first few episodes, even if you don't air them, you'll work out your flow or a bit of, you know, what you want your show to sound like and then you know your first aired episode maybe by then you've uh scratched a couple uh, of of dollars together or u.s dollars or or canadian <laughs> uh so but but i do enjoy the blue microphone it, it is a really good uh for a single person it does have a switch on the back that lets it change the um uh, what's the word it basically changed the way the capsules inside of it react. And so when I'm recording with uh, Marine, I switch it to the third setting, which is more of a sphere and pulls from the two of us. Because uh, as we're right now, we're sharing the same mic uh, when it's the two of us. Um, but uh, on the horizon, though, I would probably like to upgrade to uh, a Yeti or the new uh, Nessie microphone that I guess Blue Microphones is debuting, which is even more built for podcasts. So. A good mic, I do, I do enjoy it. Uh, it's, it's a good size. It goes right into um, uh, GarageBand with uh, USB, and it just has a great sound. Uh, the first time I ever was on a podcast, I was using the built-in on top of my iMac microphone, and I, you know, listening to it later, I thought, wow, the, those guys put up with a lot because it, it did not sound <laughs> that great at all, but they, they never made me feel bad for the, the status of my microphone. Yeah, and that's the I think too for folks. That's great advice because when you're starting out, it's it's tempting to just be like use the the microphone argument or the mixer, or the hardware, or the software argument as a hindrance to just getting the stuff out there. And I know on some of the other shows I produce and help produce, we've interviewed you know famous whatever you want to call them, internet famous people, and all they talk into is you know like you said your their iPhone headset plugged into their MacBook and. Uh, their audio doesn't sound amazing, but the content is what people are really after at the end of the day, as long as it's not screaming in their ears or hissy and buzzy and all that kind of stuff. There'll be audio nerds who will poo-poo you or <laughs> look down their nose at you maybe a bit, but at the end of the day, it's just getting the podcast out. That's really the, the important thing. So it is good advice. Um, well, and even for <laughs> for somebody, I mean, like what I'm, I'm talking into a Heil PR40, which is in a, a, on the expensive end of microphones because I was dumb and and didn't heed my own advice of just getting podcasting. I used that as a <laughs> as an excuse. And so for somebody listening, I mean, there there may be a bit of an audio difference for some people who are really picky and listening to my mic versus your mic, but you're also coming in over Skype and there's issues there. And so whether there's actually a $300 or whatever the difference in price is, difference, I don't know. I'd be hard pressed to, if my wife was here anyway, she'd say, why did you buy that when you could have spent that much less? <laughs> but... I well, there are so many different factors, like you said, the Skype, uh, you know, being a part of the connection. Uh, yeah. Some people even call or use like TalkShoe or something else where you're using a, a phone jack line. And that would probably be the, the on the lowest end of quality. So there are many things just as long as you're clear and, and you can be understood, which it seems we both are because you're still <laughs> listening. You haven't hit pause yet. So uh, then just go with go with what you have. Yeah, and so speaking of Skype, the uh, one of the interesting things that I found, and again, it's 
way more common than I thought it was, but using something like Google Hangout, I, I've only come across, I've only come across, sorry folks, using Skype, but then complaining the whole time while they're using Skype, as I have many times. Um, so you're using Google Hangouts as the the uh, audio the, the vehicle of uh, yeah. my recording choice yeah so talk a bit about that what uh what was the reasoning because i've often i thought about it and just haven't ever really again you're using something and it's a lot more work to switch out of <laughs> what you're using so what's uh how's it been well a lot uh again large fan of podcasts and listen to many other people again they, like you said they listen they say oh we're oh we, the, the call dropped oh we got to get so and so back on let me let me hit the button and you hear the telltale skype sound in the background mm-hmm. and it it didn't i mean it, skype was definitely my number two choice if this didn't work i was said well i know people use skype and i can figure out a way to make it work um one of the things was uh, of using google hangout versus skype was also just a cost thing uh while skype is free uh from what i from at least from what my research was uh, most people who were really serious about using Skype had a secondary program to record from Skype. Uh, do you use such a program or is there something built in I'm just not aware of? No, yeah. Well, I use a different, I have a, you're actually coming into me on a Mac mini that's a separate computer. So yeah, there definitely is, in my case, it was an extra machine that I had lying around that used to be like our TV media server thing and I repurposed it. Um, to be this, it's basically just all it does is is serve up Skype and then also sometimes movies, but <laughs> that's for another podcast. But so yeah, so that would yeah. be another thing as you know, not having a secondary computer mm-hmm. sitting around to to just handle and make sure Skype buffers correctly and and comes across clearly. So that that led me to look for other options. And the real turning point was uh, there was an article I, I list in my setup called uh, the Slow Mo Show. And how they set up and they basically they use Google Hangout as well. And it was uh, a godsend finding this article because it they were very specific as about, OK, we use this program and we use this program and they're both free and they route the sound this way. And it, it took a bit of trial and error, but it lets me uh, line in all the different sources I have that go into GarageBand to record. Um, so part of it was maybe a stability issue. Uh, I again, not that Skype isn't a great program, but again, you do hear a lot of people, you know, complain a, a bit about it. Just yeah, sometimes, uh, sure. our, I mean, our connection's going great, and I can hear you fine right now. Uh, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't work, but uh, with Google Hangout, I, I've used that for other purposes in the past, and it's you know always been very good on quality. Also, lets you adjust the bandwidth a bit. You can drop the video portion if you want, so it's using less. Um, the other thing is, uh, like right now we're conversing on Skype, but we aren't using the video feature, uh, probably for bandwidth and just making sure it doesn't impact it. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, when I interviewed Dave, we were both seeing each other, uh, through the hangout. Uh, and again, that's not uh, like, it's not a feature that Skype can't do, but in Google hangout, uh, that was very beneficial to see him as we're talking, uh, see his beautiful road podcaster, Mike. And, uh, uh, but as we were talking, you know, visually when you can see the other person, it does help in the pacing a bit because you don't step on each other's words as often. You can see when you're about to take a, take a breath or, or, or bring up a point. And so I think it helped our conversation go a little bit smoother. Um, but overall, once you get the routing issues aside of getting the audio into, um, the Hangout and out to wherever you're recording. Uh, I'm recording into GarageBand. Uh, it comes free um, on every Mac in the world. Uh, so, but again, I, I think if I had to pick one thing, it was probably just cost. It was just uh, didn't have a lot of money to to put into this. So, have the thought of buying a, another program because it seemed like the ones that did what I wanted them to do were at least maybe twenty, thirty, forty dollars. Uh, to to just either route the audio like I wanted or just to record it itself. And again, that I haven't done a, t- a ton of research, so if you do want to use Skype, you know, just dig a little deeper and you might find something for cheaper, but that's at least what I came across. Uh, so that was probably the number one factor of why I went with Google Hangout. And as, as of now, it's working really well. Yeah, and the one thing I was going to ask you about is um, in reading through your article, and like I said, for folks... 
um, your your article that I'll link to, um, and then the one that you linked to as well that uh, from the slow mo show, which it's just fun. This is what's fun about this podcast is like, I mean, I try and I I think of myself as being a fairly avid podcast listener, but there's just so many out there that I know I'm going to discover. We're going to discover so many different shows as I do these interviews, but because um, I had never heard of that one either, but it looks like a very popular, fun show. Um, but what I was going to ask you is in, so when you're recording in GarageBand, are you ending mm-hmm. up with everybody on individual tracks or is it one stereo track that you end up with and then you're adding like say carbon or whatever on top of that in music? You know uh, that? No, they do come in as individual tracks, which I think is really important because yeah. it lets you adjust things later. And so uh, in a, there's two other programs I use besides uh, Google Hangout that are mostly for routing. Uh, one is called LineIn. And that uh, I'm still a little bit fuzzy exactly on how these two programs both work, (laughs) Uh, but it's still a little bit of experimenting. So basically what LineIn allows, Google Hangout won't output to a a two channel or no, sorry. I think it's either Google Hangout won't output the proper way or GarageBand won't accept it the proper way. So you need a program like LineIn. And basically what LineIn does is it takes... um, a two channel and makes it into a 64 channel. That doesn't mean 64 different inputs. It's kind of misleading in that regard, but it just, it basically makes it a more complex signal that GarageBand likes and Google Hangout likes. Then I use a program called Soundflower, which I think I I accidentally typed Sunflower the first time I wrote this article, but then (laughs) caught myself. Uh, Soundflower, and what that does, it also does a bit of routing to make sure you can hear hear what's going on. But the biggest thing that adjusts it is a a program that's built right into every Mac. It's called the audio MIDI setup. And if you just type into um, the search bar, it's buried in the utilities folder in your applications folder. But basically it shows all of your inputs. And what you can do is you can create a virtual input. And so this virtual input, you basically, it's like a group. And so I made one called GarageBand 3X Input. And I have three inputs going in. One is pulling what I'm plugged into my line in jack, and that's Carbon, because Carbon's coming off of an iPad mini uh, from the soundboard. And so that's uh, coming in to that one input. Then I have my blue snowball, which is U- USB. And then I have Soundflower, which is like a virtual input. And that's what's coming from GarageBand. Or sorry, what's coming from uh, the Hangout. Hangout yeah. So in GarageBand, I have uh, about five or six different uh, tracks. One is my intro track that I've preloaded with Carbon's uh, voice introducing the show. Um, then I have a track for the, the hangout, uh, which uses, uh, so what you do is you, you select the track and in the lower right corner of GarageBand, it lets, or sorry, the first step is you, you go to the settings of GarageBand and you tell it what input you want. Now, normally you would choose a single input like your microphone, but you can choose the virtual input and it's basically like giving you three. So at the beginning you go and you set, uh, sometimes like if you, if, if you use GarageBand and you plug in a new mic, it says, Hey, you plugged in a new mic. Would you like to use this as your input? Say no and make sure you use your, your virtual input. So you set that as your virtual input. Then from each track, you can say, okay, track one, I'm going to use uh, channels one and two, and that's what's going to be the line in input. And then you go track two, I'm going to use channels three and four, and that's what's coming through for the blue snowball. And then line, you know, track three, I'm going to use channels five and six, and that's coming out of Soundflower and the Hangout. So at the end of the day, you're doing multi-track recording, uh, but they all are coming across separately, and you can adjust the volume, and you can adjust the input level. Uh, but it, that was really important for me to, to, to be able to do that in GarageBand just for the, the post effect of, um, of, you know, just when, when you're both recorded on the same time, it, it does kind of bind you. And once it's laid down, it's very difficult to separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so they come in through C- three separate tracks and then it's all recorded together. 
I go back through and and make some adjustments, uh, but sometimes adjusting you know my waveform a bit to drop my lows if there is a, a bit of background. Uh, I've been getting better at getting closer to the microphone. Uh, uh, hopefully, especially in your first few episodes, each one should progress a little bit better than the last. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but they all come through and then um, stack it together. I uh, use the built-in features of GarageBand to name it and give it some metadata for uh, podcasting. And then I, right now, um, I'm going to actually update some of my setup page. Uh, I've started using uh, another program called uh, the Levelator, which I know some people use, uh, some people don't. It basically is a program that will take an audio file and scan it, and it levels it. So if I was talking much lower than you on this recording, it would increase me a bit and decrease you a bit and line us up so we sound much more on the same level. And especially in the episode where I was talking with Dave and he was coming through very clearly with his uh, Rode Podcaster and I was just, I was doing so much on my computer screen that I was probably twice the distance from my mic as I should have been. So I wasn't coming oh, yeah. through as, as rich as I should have, uh, lesson learned. Uh, <laughs> So I ran, after exporting the file, ran it through the Levelator. I had to do a couple of adjustments because Levelator only accepts AF files or WAV files, and uh, GarageBand only outputs as an MP3 or an MP4, or an M MP3 or an M M4V. Yeah, M4A, yeah. I think, or something. Yeah. M4A, yeah. So I was putting into iTunes, converting it to an AIF, putting it through the Levelator, putting it back into iTunes, and converting it back to an MP3. I need to work on that because it's making my file size really large. Uh, so that that is in process, uh, and I'll be updating that on on my page once I figure that out. But so that's roughly the programs I use and and the way I record into into GarageBand. Um, but but an overall kind of direction was just again cost. Uh, you know, having a Macintosh was is great just because it comes with so many so many tools that right off the bat. GarageBand is is such a powerful thing, uh, a little intimidating, but but not not too bad. It's I mean it's a little more uh, intense than using iTunes, uh, but it does uh, it does do a lot. And some of these extra free programs uh, such as Line In and, and Soundflower, uh, they do the job and they they help route the audio. And uh, I mean my show is a little bit more complex in the fact that I'm using the Line In jack and I'm communicating over uh, over the Hangout. Uh, if it was just you talking, then it's just a single microphone, and that's obviously easier. But if you want to do a more complicated setup, then you're uh, you're you're digging your own hole. But it is possible <laughs> to get out. Uh, so, but yeah, that's roughly the the programs I use uh, on a on a weekly basis. Yeah, and that's a uh, that's neat. Again, interesting setup. Um, and that's what I was, the one thing I was going to say is uh, in line with my question. I think that if I had one thought for your setup page is a. Uh, a screenshot of what you do actually in GarageBand because that's the one part I was where it uh, and I know I've done uh, like you you did a great job of detailing everything so I'm not trying to knock anything as far as no no that's, is. it is work in progress page yeah as exactly I, <laughs> I think I posted a a similar page to that on Twitter when I was uh, teasing the coming of my new show uh, but I've yet to include that in in the setup page and and I'll definitely do that I, I want to drill down a lot more into the routing. Um, that's one of the reasons I, I link back to the uh, uh, one just for thanks, but also for the, the slow Lomo show article that really helped me. They say it a lot clearer than I, as far as what line in and Soundflower are doing. So uh, rather than just copy exactly what they say, I'm trying to put it in my own words and, and exactly how my setup is. And, but yeah, I, I definitely want to add, uh, a couple more screenshots, especially of GarageBand, and would ultimately like it to be as step-by-step -step as their article is, where if you wanted to copy my setup, uh, it was possible. And obviously, it's it's a starting point for everyone. If, mm -hmm. if uh, something you could, if you're getting into it, um, you'll most likely be different, or you won't use a blue microphone, or you'll use something else. And But it, it lays a lot of groundwork, which I think should hopefully, the goal is that it helps people get started if they want. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, what I love about it is the, like you said, the the free, <laughs> the free aspect of all, all the stuff is not the free. Yeah, <laughs> and that's uh, I know before I took my stupid plunge with all the, 
the money I dumped into a bunch of stuff, that's exactly the way I was working. And, um, and you can accomplish a whole heck of a lot with, with free. Um, and if you don't have a Apple, it is a little bit harder. Um, mm-hmm. maybe you, some would say a lot harder, uh, but, uh, it just doesn't, um, there may be similar things built in on the, on the windows platform. I unfortunately do not know what those are, but, uh, <laughs> I'm sure there, there are things and, uh, to record, to record onto, but, uh, if you have a Mac, you're, you're halfway there for sure. Yeah. And there are things like, just so, it, um, uh, I guess to prevent some emails from folks like, um, <laughs> on, the, on the Skype side of things, you can, there are things like Ecamm has a, Mac call recorder that you can use to, if you're wanting to record your conversations from Skype, but, um, and other solutions, audio hijack pro from rogue Amoeba is another one that's around 30 some dollars. I think that um, one was very tempting. Uh, they're also the, they're the same makers of line in. They make uh, yeah. that program. It's one of their free ones, but they, they do make audio hijack, which if, which that is, that's also on my Christmas list. Probably. <laughs> there you go. Um, and yeah, so that's, there are options there, but I think, what you're doing actually does sort of, I think, um, in as much as, for, well, for me, what it did me in, I guess, is, um, and it's just, I think my brain is just slow sometimes, is the virtualness of everything kind of did me in because I was just kind of like, I don't know, I need to somehow see stuff where it's like plug a cable in here so I can plug it in there and that's just because I'm slow sometimes and so, but um, but yeah, certainly line in and uh, Soundflower are crazy powerful and awesome for what you can do and sort of uh, messing around with the the audio routing in your Mac, and um, before I came across that, I was lost for what what to do. So um, the other one I'm just looking at Rogue Amoeba's pages for anybody who's curious um, is an app they make called NiceCast, which is if you're wanting to stream out while you're recording, which again adds a whole other level of complexity to what's going on. But um, that's another great uh, app that I've used, uh, for in playing around with live streaming and stuff of a podcast. It's a bit more expensive too. I think it's about 60 bucks for that one. It's kind of interesting the way they price stuff. Cause you think audio hijack pro, which has all this stuff in it is about 30 bucks. Nice cast, which basically just takes your audio and streams it out is 60 bucks. Um, anyways, that's another rant for another show. <laughs> yeah. There are no current plans to, uh, to take the Dr. Sci-Fi show live, uh, as it is. It's just a lot of a lot of pre-production and and I do enjoy the the options that I have you know that you have when you can record a couple of shows in a week if you're having an open week and then string them out over the rest of the month just to make sure it's it's coming along uh, consistently but maybe one day but especially with carbon it's it's just very difficult to do mm-hmm. live type uh, setups where you never know what someone's going to say yeah exactly and that's um I think yeah to your credit I think that's a great thing to do cuz it part of the well just the carbon thing but also just the uniqueness of the podcast makes it i think people will tune in whether it's live or not and and you can also i think what you're doing with google hangouts does sort of give you the capability down the road to incorporate their uh view i forget what they call it like you can watch it live on youtube or whatever if you really wanted to they do have a it's like i think it's a on air right it's google yeah, hangout. on air yeah where you, you basically you're streaming not that everyone can interact with you but they can see it as you're broadcasting and yeah that would be probably the next step i would use because again it's built into practically my workflow it's just a checkbox when you create the uh uh the hangout um where we could stream that and that that might be down the line if uh if i have enough of a following or enough of the subscriber base where i feel people would actually tune in and watch but uh it's again there there are some shows i know that do live broadcast but I'm often at work if it's not in the evening or they're in a different time zone. And it's it, the internet's great because everything you can watch whenever <laughs> yeah. that's the, the whole model. And, and so maybe sometime in the future, but not, not quite yet. Yeah. And you use, um, for publishing, you use Squarespace, which is, uh, is, um, I don't know if it's that uncommon anymore. It's definitely a big push. I know Squarespace themselves are having into the, the whole podcasting realm as far as sponsoring and a lot of podcasts. And I know with are you, you're on Squarespace six. It looks like the newest. Yes. Newest one. Yeah, yeah. I I love Squarespace. It is a great platform. Uh, it it I was convinced to get it from listening to about a half dozen uh, seventy decibel shows. They've been. <laughs> uh, I think Squarespace has been their pr- primary sponsor for several months, 
and uh, which is good because it's working. It it, uh, it got me to listen and check out their site, and it's very robust. It lets you create a lot of things, but um, again, it was a cost issue uh, with uh, a little bit just for a Squarespace site. It hosts all of my audio files and generates my RSS feed, and uh, while I would love something like Libsyn, which is a great uh, pro, um a great service that'll store and give you really good stats and things on all of your uh, your downloads and your subscriptions. Uh, it has a, a monthly cost that just I can't build into my budget right now. So a great thing with Squarespace is they'll, they'll host everything and generate all those pieces you need. It's very, very well built. You basically have a, a blog and you create it with uh, a checkbox that this is a, a podcast and it gives you an extra tab where as you add an audio file you can put in information that will show up uh, in the description and who's hosting it and uh, how long it is and all those pieces uh, it even pulls uh, some of the pictures I put in on each one and then once you publish it it'll uh, aggregate out to your RSS feed or iTunes or wherever you have it going um, so what I use for stats as far as uh, downloads and, and subscriptions, uh, I, I ended up going with FeedBurner. Um, while I know, uh, which is, was originally a standalone service, but now has been purchased by Google. I mean, I think they purchased it a while ago, but yeah. um, it wasn't my first choice. Uh, I, I do see a lot of people uh, talking about it in a concerned manner uh, just because Google may, you know, has the tendency sometimes of just dropping things that they uh, choir and but at, at the end of the day it was a it was a free service that that did the exact job I needed to do uh, which was at least tell me how many people are subscribing and roughly what they're listening to and uh, which at the end of the day that that'll help if I do eventually try to pursue something like a a, a sponsor or, or things down the line is having those numbers so uh, it I wouldn't say I would 100% recommend it it just for that glint in the back of your head but uh, but for now, there's there's nothing to say that they won't continue it as a great service for years to come, and uh, it it definitely it can't be pulling too much of their uh, focus and and effort and energy. So uh, hopefully they'll just keep it on the line uh, going forward. And I know a lot of people use it uh, for statistics. Uh, it does give pretty good statistics as far as people who are subscribing and click throughs and uh, downloads and things like that. And while I only have two real episodes out uh, at the time of this recording, it will hopefully uh, uh, balloon and show more. Uh, <laughs> but it will tell you city or at least the countries that they're they're subscribing from. And I do see a couple of uh, UKs pop up from once in a while. I think, hmm, Mike Hurley is is he subscribing? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, uh, we'll we'll see. I, I even if if not, it's um, when. When making the decision to do the Dr. Sci-Fi show, I, I, uh, when I was turning the idea over in my head a lot, uh, you, do, you really just need to do it for yourself first. Uh, you need to do it because it's something you think you'll enjoy. Uh, you'll talk about something you enjoy. Don't talk about something you don't enjoy. It's, it won't be anything. <laughs> yeah, you'll but, but, you know, get too far. Subscri subscribers are great and, and it's fun, but at the end, you know, just don't get hung up on the comments. Don't get hung up on, on how many people are listening uh, because the, the people who find it and enjoy it, they enjoyed it. And the people who haven't found it yet, you know, there's another day. So uh, that's getting really meta. But, but uh, <laughs> No, that's I what think. this show's about. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it's all about. And if, if you're enjoying it and you have a subscriber of your mom and dad, you know, and your spouse, that's you're a success. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's often I... Uh, I think uh, sort of temper folks who are getting into podcasting with the idea that I mean, definitely do it for sure. Don't don't hold back because it's fun. It's it's easy to try. Like like we've talked about on this episode, there's tons of free stuff you can use, provided obviously you need some sort of computer, but um, free services, free software that you can use. But don't expect to have uh, be able to quit your job tomorrow and uh, do the whichever whatever um, silo you happen to be following, uh, you know, the Dan Benjamins of 5x5s, the Leo Laportes of Twit, etc. Um, there's a, just like anything else, there's a, a bunch of people, a few people at the, at the very top making good money at it, and there's a whole bunch of people making no money or, like me, losing money because they keep buying expensive gear that they shouldn't buy. <laughs> and away you go. So, um, 
in wrapping up, I guess, just mm-hmm. wanted to touch on, um, you sent me uh, the most exhaustive list yet of, of shows you listen to, which is good. <laughs> like we were joking before we talked, you had awesome show notes prepared in advance for me, which is awesome. But um, maybe just pick out a few of, I'll put them all, all, all the ones you sent, I'll put in the show notes for sure. But just for in the audio part here anyways, what are some of your, like your sort of top five, I guess, or whatever amount you want to sort of pick, but... Um, well, I kind of broke them into categories because mm-hmm. for some reason that's the way my brain was working that day. But uh, there's <laughs> a couple good. I listen to that are about podcasts. Uh, one is uh, this show, Show Me Your Mic. Um, yeah, I was pleased to see. That's a, <laughs> a good vanity plug anyways. Anyway, it was at the top else. of the list. Uh, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I listened to probably a dozen shows from the 70 Decibels Network. Uh, a couple, I have listened to a few writing shows. Uh, a lot, of, a couple of sci-fi shows and a couple of gaming shows. Uh, as far as 70 decibels, uh, I really enjoy Command Space. Uh, I was a fan of the Bro, sh- um, the Bro Show before it uh, reworked itself into Command Space, which uh, is another great topic just uh, as shows evolve and change um, uh, enough. Uh, and the 512 podcast, uh, I, I listened to religiously uh, the Sci-Fi Cast, which originally was a standalone show uh, by uh, Ged Mayhew and Dave Kahlo, uh, and they did about 50 episodes, and I just discovered it as they were ending. Uh, <laughs> it was very sad because they had a, a great ending where they were having trivia, and it sounded like the funnest thing in the world. And so oh, <laughs> when uh, Mike Hurley, I guess, talked to them and said, I want the show on, on the network, and let's give it a try. And, and so they brought it over to 70 decibels and had new episodes. And I was like, I am listening to the show every week. This is the best thing. And a guy actually was able to be uh, there in their seventh episode as a, a guest host. And I marked that as the day that I decided to start a podcast and started researching because uh, it was so much fun and they were just such good people to me. Uh, so I definitely listen. Unfortunately, it is, it is not on the air anymore. Um, I think yeah, podcasting takes a lot of time. If you didn't know, uh, it takes a lot of, a lot of effort and a lot of time. And I think there were just a lot of irons in the fire at the time for them. Uh, but that, but go back and listen to their archives. It's a, it's a great show and a great, uh, just running commentary show. Uh, another show I really enjoy is Star Talk Radio by Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he is, uh, how to describe Neil? He's a very fun, just sci-fi professor, like your favorite sci-fi, it's not, not sci-fi, your favorite science professor in high school. Uh, and he's just akin to Bill Nye, a, a great guy. He works at the uh, Hain Planetarium, and he just has a way of a very good on-mic presence and just breaks things down uh, from complicated science facts. And you can tell he's just having fun. And when you listen to people who are having fun, it, it just the, the hours tick away as you're listening. Um, and then, uh, I guess my newest one that I just started, so we'll throw a little endorsement here is, uh, game, game punchers, uh, interesting title, but, uh, it's, a uh, a couple of people I came across on Twitter and app.net and they, uh, they listen to, um, they just discuss games. And while I you know, again, I don't design games or, but I do play games and enjoy that and, uh, enjoy things like Will Wheaton's tabletop and, but I enjoy their commentary on on the the news of what's going on. Uh, but I, I do uh, I do like how they have a running music through their entire podcast. They oh, uh, they they use chip tunes, which are kind of that eight bit sounding um, you know video game era sounds. But it's very low and it's very subtle and it works. Uh, I if I could find something similar that would work with. Uh, with sci-fi and not be chiptunes, I would probably just try it on an episode or two because it's, it's nice because it just fills some of that air uh, and just has kind of a, a, a bit of a background. So not, not for every podcast, but it works in theirs. So I would say those uh, are some of the highlights. Again, every once in a while, unfortunately, I might, I might have to cull a couple from my, uh, my podcatcher, <laughs> which uh, I use Instacast 3 on my iPhone. Uh, why I don't really use iTunes or, or things on my iPad. I just, I like it being on my iPhone cause it's always on my hip and I can plug in my earphones and, you know, listen to it, get in the car, keep listening, get out of the car, keep listening and not have interruptions. Cause when you listen to this many podcasts, you need to listen a lot, uh, to, uh, to try to, to work your way through them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, I was just curious when I saw Instagram three, I, 
I hadn't. Uh, I have Instacast two on my iPhone that I still use, and that's what I use primarily for my uh, podcast listening. But did you had you used two and upgraded to three, or just started with three? I started with two and really enjoyed two. Didn't really have any issues with it, but when I got uh, when I acquired a, a Mac Mini or not a Mac Mini, an iPad Mini. Uh, I wanted to try experimenting with uh, syncing, and uh, Instacast oh, yeah. three has the syncing option where they sync uh, the things you've subscribed to and your playback positions, I believe. Uh, so I was uh, planning at the time to try to integrate my uh, my Mini into my car stereo so it was kind of a permanent home for podcasts. Again, I, I kind of went away from that route because then you're listening on your phone, then you're listening on another device, then you're back. And it, it, does, it does work fairly well, but I, I do enjoy keeping it just always on my person. It's just easier to, to access. So that was the main reason I, I switched from Instacast uh, 2 to 3. Uh, and also just, you know, new product uh, support developers. You know, let them, uh, give, them a, give them a dollar or two. Well, I think it was a couple of dollars for Instacast 3, but yeah. uh, it's a great application and uh, future-proofed because I know it'll keep going and they'll keep developing for it. So uh, I enjoy it. And I don't really enjoy the uh, built-in podcast app. Uh, it's, it's all right. It, it's it, the full screen tie kind of tile squares are pretty and, and I enjoy that, but it, uh, I wish I could definitely set Instacast three as my default, where if I'm opening a link, I would go there and subscribe uh, to iTunes through there. But you know, vis-a-vis that's the way Apple has done it so far. So yeah. <laughs> and I've heard a rumor that uh, Instacast is actually coming to the desktop. I think there's a Mac client a demo coming shortly. The I know the developer of, I don't know the developer of that, but I know I've read somewhere the developer is um, working on that. And also they have, a, they, they use an interesting model for software where they actually have a, a membership model in addition to buying the, the software. Um, and so members of Vimedia, Vimi, Vimedio, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, you can, you'll get a preview of the Mac version. If I'm thinking oh, of the okay. right guy, I think. And they have a nice icon. It looks pretty on my home screen. So. Yeah, I really like, I like, I I have nothing bad to say about Instacast too. And that's why I've sort of, I just, every time I go look at it, I think, oh, should I spend the five bucks or whatever it is? And then I just get distracted probably by some other flashing object <laughs> on the computer. So, um all right. In wrapping up, I guess I think I said that already. But in wrapping up officially again, what uh, where folk can folks find you, follow you, stalk you online? Uh, the first place would just be uh, drsci-fi.com. That's d r s c i f i dot com. Not doctor spelled out. That's like the who. Uh, <laughs> this is this is more like the PhD. Uh, and then you can subscribe subscribe to me in iTunes. Uh, those links are all on my site. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and app.net at uh, at sign Dr. Sci-Fi. So, uh, just built a, built around that brand, uh, came from a, a friend of mine who one day said, man, Darren, you're, you're like the doctor. You just know so much about science fiction. You, you have like a doctorate <laughs> in it. And I'm like, you know, I like the sound of that, 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 uh, yeah, I'm going to build an entire brand around that. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, hopefully that, that's just the main, the main thing I want to come across is I enjoy talking about this subject, uh, I love sharing it with people, and uh, for some reason, my brain holds all the facts as there are as many as I can fit uh, on all these wonderful shows. So, uh, but yeah, so just if you type in the word Doctor Sci-Fi, you'll probably come across me. <laughs> all right, and the the on the post of the page at sskTN.com for this interview, you'll you sent me the photo you want me to use. That's your wife, I'm assuming, with you posing yes. doing this the uh, the Vulcan salute. Vulcan salute, yeah. Uh, so that's. Uh, Full credit to you for getting your wife to pose in a Star she Trek. She made those costumes for us. Oh wow! There you go. Major wife points there, and so we <laughs> we did. Uh, we went as Halloween one year uh, in our TOS uh, TOS costumes. I- I'm a little more of a TNG fan, but they. I think this looks good uh, on both of us. So right. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Darren, for joining me here on Show Me Your Mic, and uh, you can find all the things and links to stuff we've talked about at ssktn.com. Look for the Show Me Your Mic logo and uh, episode four. There's three episodes in behind this one that you may be interested in listening to as well. If you like this, Tim Smith of the East Wing, and I'm going to, uh, Mike Rupert, no, Mike, <laughs> it's getting late here. I'm mixing up my, Mike Hurley of 70decibels.net. 
and also uh, Dave Rupert. That's where I'm going with uh, the Shop Talk show. Variety of folks from different types of things. That's different types of shows, web design and uh, tech nerdery and uh, all sorts of stuff. And so that's what's kind of fun about the show, I hope. Thank you for listening and uh, look for uh, future episodes. We've got a whole bunch of guests lined up here in, where are we here, March uh, and going into April already. All sorts of different folks from different backgrounds, different levels of of technical and hardware and software and all that kind of stuff. So thanks for listening. I'm Chris Enns, iChris on Twitter. ChrisEnns.com is my blog. And of course, SSKTN on Twitter, Facebook.com, all those things. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Show Me Your Mic on the SSKTN Podcast Network. Follow along on Twitter at SSKTN or like us on Facebook.com slash SSKTN. Be sure to visit SSKTN.com for interviews with other podcasters, as well as learn about other shows we produce, such as Welcome to the Internet, Too Lazy to Blog, and Lost in Lemon. Lemon.